there was a nice little beautiful church on a hill in Oak Ridge, Tennessee. You know, it's up on the hill, a nice little church, nice and clean. The landscape was very beautiful. Uh, inside the sanctuary, along the sides of the wall, they had little kerosene, little kerosene lamps that they would turn on to provide a nice warm light during uh, the service and it would light up the church. The church uh, had, they say, they call it hand-hewn pews meaning they weren't made by machines. They were made by people with axes and bows and things like that. So these pews were, were, were works of art, right? Uh, the church was about 112 years old, and the majority of the, the pillars of that church were still in that church, were in, still active in that church, um, They, uh, they had this pump organ, you know, the pump organs? And Sister Mary, she played the organ, and she had been playing for about 40 years, and she was still playing, except that now it was a lot slower than what she used to play in the past. Now, one day, someone in the Pentagon decided that Oak Ridge, Tennessee, would be a marvelous place to build a nuclear power plant, right? Oak Ridge, put a nuclear power plant there, you know. Well, all of a sudden, people began showing up to this little town from all over the country. You saw, they started seeing license plates from New York, license plates from D.C., license plates from California, and they started to get a little scared because they saw some Texas license plates as well. Now, they started seeing trailers and trucks and hipsters start showing up, right? Um, motorcycles. And to the elders of this church, this was clearly a satanic invasion. Clearly. The new pastor of this church, he called the elders to a meeting. And he says, we have an amazing opportunity here. We need to establish an outreach program to reach all these new people coming to our town. Well, the elders of the church were appalled. They were not having that. They were a little upset. No way. What if these people decide to stay in our town? Even worse, what if they intermarry? with our people. How dare they? I mean, we, don't, we surely don't want them in our church, right? I mean, they don't, they don't look like us. They don't talk like us. They don't think like us. And they're definitely not going to sing the songs the way we sing them. Well, after some discussion, the members of the uh, Elders Board got a little hungry, and they decided, let's just continue this meeting next Sunday. So they broke down, they left, and the following Sunday, before the pastor could gather the leaders of the church once again, one of the leaders stood up and says, his name was Fred, he says, stands up and he says, I motion that we change the locks on the church and only people that own land in our county can have a key. They all began to say, I agree, I agree, I agree. And the pastor quietly, not agreeing because 
he didn't own land in the county because he lived on the church's property in the, in the church, you know, the house for the pastor. And uh, he was a little concerned. Let's just say this. Let me skip a little bit. Long story short, they were tired of hearing the pastor talking about this outreach idea that he had. And they kicked him out. <laughs> they kicked him out. He's no longer the pastor of that church. Years later, years, years later, down the road, pastor and his wife are driving, and they kind of are in the area. And he says, hey, babe, why don't, we, why don't we drive by that old church? Remember the old church we used to pastor? You know, and, you know, she looked at him with a look. probably says, like, I, I'd rather not. <laughs> but they went anyway. And it was hard to find because they had built new roads. They had built new buildings. There was just so much going on in this town. But they finally found the building. There it sat up on a hill. The difference was the parking lot was full. It was full. The pastor was like, hey, this is amazing. They were thrilled. They were happy for the little church. So they decided, let's, let's go inside. Let's stop by. And so after looking for a parking and finally finding one, they began their way up the hill, and, and, and they started seeing trucks and RVs and motorcycles, all these things. And they were just like, wow, this is amazing. But then they realized that there was one thing, one other thing that was different. The sign on the church no longer said church. It said Oak Ridge BBQ. Oak Ridge BBQ. As the church, we can model the love of Jesus as we love and accept people. Or we can be exclusive in our love and forfeit our calling to be a true church. We can model the love of Jesus as we love and accept people, or we can be exclusive in our love and forfeit our calling to be a true church. So last week, we started this mini-series called Let's Go. Let's go, right? We spoke about taking our position as Aaron took his position and stopping the plague. We talked about um, stepping out of the four walls of this fort, right? So we won't die in the fort. But to step out of the four walls of the church and to take our position. God is looking for us to stand in the gap. But many times we, got, we have gotten comfortable. We have gotten comfortable outside of our position. Our position is to stand between the living and the dead, to stop the plague of sin. People are dying, and there should be a sense of urgency, a sense of urgency to do something about it. Today, part two, let's go, unless you are a pig lover. We all like Benin, but that's not what they're talking about today. Let's turn to Mark chapter 5, verse 1 through 17. I'm going to read all of it. Okay. Then they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gatherings. 
And when he had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had dwelling among who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no one could bind him, not even with chains. Because he had often been bound with shackles and chains, because he had often been bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had been pulled apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces, neither could anyone tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshipped him and cried out with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? I implore you, you you by God, that you do not torment me. For he said to him, Come out of the man, unclean spirit. Then he asked him, What is your name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. Also, he begged him earnestly that he would not send them out, that, they, that he would not send them out of the country. Now, a large herd of swine, pigs, was feeding there near the mountains. So all the demons begged him, saying, send us to the swine that we may enter them. And at once Jesus gave them permission. The unclean spirits went out and entered the swine. There were about 2,000. That's a lot of pigs. 2,000. And the herd ran violently down the steep place into the sea and drowned into the sea. So those who fed the swine fled, and they told it in the city and in the country, and they went out to see what it was that had happened. Then they came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon-possessed and had the legion sitting and clothed in his right mind, and they were afraid. And those who saw it told them how it happened to him, who had been demon-possessed and about the swine. Then they began to plead with him to depart from their region. Plead with him to depart from the region. They were not happy. They were not happy that their pigs were dead. There's a couple points I I want to touch on this morning, and one is that Jesus is willing to go places and deal with people that others would usually avoid, right? We take a look at Matthew chapter 9, verses 11 to 12. It says, but when the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with such scum? When Jesus heard this, he said, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. The Gadarenes was a place that would have been unclean for the Jews. First of all, you already know there were 2,000 pigs there. That alone, you know, they, 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 don't, they don't mix. They don't mix. Pigs, Jews, unclean, so they wouldn't have been there. And then on top of that, you add the tombs and the dead and all that stuff. This was a place where it was avoided. It was shunned by the Jewish community. They wouldn't go there. They wouldn't be there. Um, They would have nothing to do with that place because of the condition of that place. Yet Jesus, instead of docking in a more appropriate place, in a more suitable place, in a more acceptable place for the Jews, he chose to go there. Pulls right up next to the cemetery, and immediately deals with a man 
that no one else could deal with nor wanted to deal with. Instead of running from him, like a lot of people did, instead of ignoring him, like many did, instead of ridiculing him or criticizing him, Jesus simply restores him. Church, you know that's our mandate. It's, it's our mandate. It's our assignment. We must be willing to go to places that people usually wouldn't sign up to go to. Right? Nathaniel's what, 14, 15? 16. Where's the time going? 16 years old. You know what a 16-year-old can do with $2,200? Right? He find himself a hoopty quick. But that's, that's what the normal 16-year-old will do. A 16-year-old surrendered to Christ, a disciple of Christ, would see how can I what can I do for the kingdom? Where can I go where people usually don't want to go? Who can I talk to that people don't want to talk to? We must be willing to touch people that others are unwilling to touch. We must be willing to love people that most are unwilling to love. This is hard. This is the hard part. Wait, pastor, here you go with the love thing again. I just can't love everybody. First Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1. If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but don't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or clanging cymbal. You could say you could speak all the Christianese that you want. Right? You know what Christianese is, right? Hallelujah. Praise God. God is good. All the time, all the time, God is good. You can go through a whole list of all the Christianese. You can say all the right things. But if you do not have love, it's all noise to God. For some of us that have kids, right, you ever notice how, like, when there's a lot going on and your kids are doing something, whatever they're doing sounds really noisy, and you just need them to stop so that you can concentrate again? Just, can, you, can you turn that off? Can you pause that? And then, th- can you imagine if that's what we sound like to God? He, when he just looks at you, he's, he's like, ah, Rachel, 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 just stop, stop. You're giving me a headache. Can you imagine? Can you imagine God feeling that way about you? And you over here thinking that you're pleasing him by all the nice things that you're saying, all the nice things that you are apparently doing? which if you don't have love, then you're all doing it for the wrong reasons. For him to be like, oh, okay, okay, okay. Okay, Nini, just, just stop. Can you imagine? But pastor, I never come in contact with a guy like that, the guy that was in the, in the gatherings. I don't come in contact with people like that. Oh, really? Well, Let's find out. Let's, let's, let's see. Um, do you have that person at your job who is a, <laughs> I didn't get there yet. <laughs> do you have that person at your job that everyone seems to ignore? 
that one person that just everybody ignores. Or perhaps that one person in your neighborhood that nobody wants to talk to, or that one house that everybody just crosses the street on the other side to not have to just pass this one house. Or perhaps uh, a person at your school that people avoid at all costs. I have caught people trying to avoid other people, and you should see how silly it looks. Like, like you, you, have, you, have you ever, like, seen someone, like, and caught them in the act of trying to hide from somebody? It's like, you know, like, it's like you're walking, all of a sudden it's like, oh, my God. They, they hide behind a, a wall or, or a car or something. You're like, what's going on here? Don't talk. What? No, no, no. What's going on here? Oh, they're going to see me. Do we know someone that's uncontrollable, doesn't take advice, does what crazy things, sometimes doesn't seem in their right mind? Someone who all their life has been uh, labeled a reject and they're not accepted, perhaps they're outcasts to their family and friends. Someone that's perhaps a punchline to many jokes. These people, they eat alone, they work alone, they cry alone, they live alone. We all know someone like this. We all know someone who lives in a cemetery the way this man did. Ah, no, Pastor, I don't know. Nobody knows cemetery. Yes, they may actually live in a house that looks nice, that's really nice. But what's happening is the truth is that they are living in a cemetery. Day after day, we come, with, we come in contact with people who are living in deadness. They are living with dead memories. They are living with dead promises. They are living with dead dreams. They are living with dead love. They are living with dead hopes. And as we spoke last week, if you do not have Christ, we are dead spiritually, right? Right? They, just like this man from the gatherings, are crying out. The only difference is that uh, they don't look the way that he looked, and perhaps they're holding it all together. Perhaps they're, they're playing the part. They're doing a good job playing a front, you know, uh, especially, especially with social media. That helps a lot, right? Because you can post all sorts of things and make people think that your life is so much better than what it really is. They learn, learning, these people learn how to continue a charade of this normal life, and yet they're dying daily. Like Jesus, we need to be willing to engage people like this. Take your position, like we talked about last week. We have to leave the fort. We have to leave the four walls uh, that we're comfortable within to go out and to meet and to uh, uh, engage people like this that are lost and that are hurt. Or... As I was just mentioning all these things, did you realize that I may have been describing you? Aren't you tired of all the charades? Aren't you tired of just putting up a front for everyone, putting up a front, uh, trying to make everyone think that your life is okay when really you're crying out inside because you're dying? Listen, I know this guy named Jesus. And he wants to set you free.
Second point I want to mention is that there should be a reaction when people come in contact with the Jesus in us. This is important. This is important. Look, look at what Nathaniel said. He said that when they first got there, right, the church was, was semi-empty. But after coming in contact with them, there was a change. There was a reaction. There should always be a reaction when people come in contact with the Jesus, with the Jesus in us. Jesus, here is Jesus. He's minding his own business, right? No one called his office and made an appointment. No one made a reservation, right? Jesus, he, his feet barely get on, 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 the, on, on the ground as he's stepping off the boat, and from afar comes running this demon-possessed man. Arrives on the scene and a reaction occurs. The evil within the tormented man instantly responds to the presence of Jesus. Instantly. There was a reaction. It was inevitable. It seems that everywhere Jesus went, there was always a uh, reaction. He caused one of two different things. <laughs> when, Jesus, when Jesus would show up somewhere, one of two things would happen. There'd be a riot or there'll be a revival. A riot or revival. He was so full of love and power and grace that people could not help but to respond. Where has Jesus been lately? Walmart? Target? The mall? We still go to the malls, right? Does anybody still go to malls? Okay, all right. Anywhere you have gone, he resides in you. The same power that raised Christ from the dead is in us. What reaction have you caused? What reaction have you caused? Think about this, church. Think about it. Take a moment to reflect. When you walk into a room and there's obvious... Uh, I don't want to just say, you know, evil, but the things are not so nice in the room, right? And you walk into the room, does anything change or does it continue the same? Like if you don't exist. When you walk into the room and they're speaking a dirty joke, do they say, oh, stop, 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 stop. Zeke just walked in. That's causing a change. That's a reaction. Or when you walk into the room, they say, oh, yo, check us out. Uh, now, that we're, now that you're here, we can finish this joke. Is there a change? Those who are dead, those who are bound, those that are uncontrollable, those that are desperate, those that are depressed, addicted, broken, shouldn't be able to come into the same room with us and leave the same. We've been talking about this for, I don't know, I, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to stop. People should not walk in through those doors broken, lost, and leave out those doors the same way. Luke chapter 10, verse 17 says, When the 72 disciples returned, they joyfully reported to him, Lord, even the demons obey us when we use your name. 
Acts chapter 16, verse 16 to 18 says, One day as we were going down to the place of prayer, we met a slave girl who had a spirit that enabled her to tell the future. She learned a lot. She earned a lot of money for her masters by telling fortunes. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God, and they have come to tell you how to be saved. This went on day after day until Paul got so exasperated that he turned and said to the demon within her, I command you in the name of Jesus to come out of her, and instantly it left her. Have you caused a riot or a revival lately? Have you caused a riot or a revival? Or are we so powerless that the broken come in contact with us and still leave broken? Are we so powerless that the bound come in contact with us and they leave still bound? Are we so powerless that the lost are still lost after coming in contact with us? There's no reaction. There's no response. There's something definitely wrong. There's something definitely wrong. Again, I, I, I've said this before, and I, and I, want, I, I, need, I need people to understand this. We are not here to play church. We're not here to play church or to, or, to, or, or, or to keep this to just ourselves, like in the story I mentioned in the very, very beginning. We're here to leave the comforts of this building, to go out into the community, into the world, to, be, to position ourselves in the gap between the living and the dead. If we are not seeing people changed, then, <laughs> then there's something wrong, church. If we're not hearing testimonies of the supernatural power of God, there's something wrong. I was going to call Rachel up here right now, but I, was, I, I can't because it's, it's, you know, it's been an already eventful Sunday morning. But Rachel has experienced the power of God in her life. I'm going to let her tell the testimony, but what I'm going to say is this. Doctors said she had a disease, and then doctors say, hey, where's the disease? Hey, where is it? We can't find it. We don't know why. Rachel's like, well, I know why. And she'll share that testimony. If you guys have her on Facebook, she, she shared it on there, but I want her to share it to the, you know, to the church um, and so you guys can see that God still heals. He still does that. The Bible says that people could tell that the disciples had been with Jesus. Can people tell that you've been with Jesus? Acts 4.13 says, The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary people. They are ordinary men with special training, with no special training in the Scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. Are people recognizing that you walk with Christ? This is important. Yo, you know what the worst thing to hear when your friend tells you after so many years? Oh, you go to church? <laughs> 
right? I know it's happened to some of us, some, maybe, some, maybe somebody watching online, right? Nobody here, right? But it's like this. It's like, hey, come with me to church. And they'd be like, you go to church? Yeah, for the last six years. What? That's, that's embarrassing. That means that that person had not recognized that you were walking with Christ. This tormented, possessed man saw Jesus from a distance and went out of his way to get to him. That's what should be happening in our lives. We should, we, people should be recognizing that we walk with Christ. They should be seeing the love and the power of God in us. They should know that we have something that they need, right? And they should come out searching us, searching for us. Like, you know, you ever get a phone call, like, listen, I know you go to church, so uh, <laughs> this happens a lot, right? Hey, listen, since I know you go to church, I really need someone to talk to right now. Hey, because I've recognized that you've walked with Christ, I need, I need you to talk, I, I need to speak with you. Hey, can you pray with me because I've recognized that you've walked with Christ? Hey, can you just spend some time with me because I've recognized that you've walked with Christ? Do you guys, are you guys seeing, are you guys understanding how, how this is going? Are people recognizing that you're walking with Christ? Are people reaching out to you in search of the very thing that they need, which you have, which is Christ in you? My last point is that uh, the day pigs flew was the day we found out that some people care more about pigs than they do about other people. If you notice, <laughs> the people in this area wanted nothing to do with this man. He was completely secluded. He was chained, and then they would bring him. They would probably only come in contact with him to put more chains on him. But other than that, they wanted nothing to do with him. They had him very far apart. They had him in the cemetery. They had him away from everyone else. They don't run to Jesus. They don't run to pray to Jesus like, Lord, Jesus, please heal this man. They don't do that. Remember in Mark chapter 8, a whole village comes to Jesus, right, uh, in Mark chapter 8 and says, uh, please, Jesus, heal this blind man. <laughs> but this poor, tormented guy, he got no one interceding for him. No one goes to Jesus. No one prays to Jesus to help him out. In fact, in fact, they don't pray at all until after the man has been set free and then when they do pray, the prayer is for Jesus to leave. The bottom line is that they were more concerned about those pigs than they were about that man. They are saddened, they're upset of their loss of profit, but have shown no compassion or care for a crazy man. Church, do you know that we cannot help others who are possessed if we are possessed with possessions? 
If we become so consumed with materialism, the thing, you know, things we, we, we will, you know, material, material things, we'll have a tendency to uh, close our eyes, our ears, our hearts to those around us that are in terrible, terrible need. Those that uh, are in heartbreaking situations. We'll develop this attitude of, uh, <laughs> if you don't trouble me, I'm okay. As long as it don't bother me, I'm okay, right? This can't be us, church. We're mandated to tend to the hurting. Isaiah 58.10 says, feed the hungry and help those in trouble. Then your light will shine out from the darkness, and the darkness around you will be as bright as noon. But so many people are so concerned about material things that we are no longer concerned about people. You guys know what I'm talking about. It's, it's that I got to get mine mentality. And that's, that's, that, that, that's, that's, that's the world that we live in now. I got to get mine. I got to do me. You know, someone's in need, I got to do me. If we have a choice between a cup of coffee at Starbucks, I'm coming at the coffee drinkers. <laughs> and feeding an orphan, if you have to choose a cup of coffee at Starbucks or let me feed an orphan, I don't really know that orphan anyway. I can't get started without my cup of coffee. We're going to choose coffee. James 127, 1.27 says, Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God. The Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. This is why Resilient Ministries is so important to my wife and I because it's an opportunity to actually start to do what his word says is true religion to him. And so, um, you know, it's something as simple as grabbing a, a Dorcas bag and taking it home and filling it up and then bringing it back is being able to serve in, in an area where he specifically puts it in the Scripture. If we have to choose between driving a car that's not so new, maybe it's got a couple of dents, maybe doesn't start all the time, or, you know, you've got some duct tape holding some things here together, or getting a brand new car so that we can keep up with the Joneses, right? We'll probably get the brand new car. But even if it means that we stop tithing, even if it means that we won't support missions, even if it means that we can't feed someone who's hungry, <laughs> for some people, it means that you, you guys can't even pay some of your own bills because some of these car payments, right? Car payments these days are the same as a mortgage in some places. It's almost ridiculous. We're never home because we're working 100 hours a week so we can keep up the lifestyle, so that we can keep up the appearance, so we can buy all the cool new things, right? Who has those, uh, those Facebook glasses yet? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know somebody's got them. I know somebody's got them. Yeah. 
Now everybody's going to Google it later. Everybody's going to Google it later. I'm telling you, man, if it's not one thing, it's another. If it's not one thing, it's another. And I know people in my life that I love very dearly that it's like the second one comes out, they have to have that one. People look at me like, Pastor, you still have the, well, I have the, the S8? Yes, I'm not an iPhone person. I will never be an iPhone person. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Woo! All right. That's what I'm talking about. Um, Android for life. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, so, <laughs> but what happens is this. We work so hard to keep up an appearance. We work so hard to get the next best thing. We work so hard that we're at work all the time that, guess what? Well, Pastor, I don't have any time to volunteer at the church. I don't have any time to serve. I don't have any time to spend with my children. I don't have any time to spend with my wife. And then you know where that ends up. All because we care more about pigs than people. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 to 21 says, Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in the way that Damien is breaking in right now <laughs> and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Take a look. Let's, take, let's, let's keep going. Let's take a look at verse 24 and 25. It says, no one can serve two masters, for you will, have, you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve a God and be enslaved to money. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food? Some of y'all are like, oh, I don't know, Pastor. I'm not going to even look her way. <laughs> and, your <laughs> and your body more than clothing? We desperately desperately, desperately need Jesus' compassion to fill our hearts once again. I believe that we, it's only natural in the world that we live in that if we're not constantly seeking um, the presence of God, that we're not constantly asking him to fill our hearts with his, with his love, we're not constantly asking us to give us compassion, if we're not constantly doing this just as a result of the world that we live in, we're lacking it. We're lacking it. We need to break the materialism and the consumerism that has, that has us bound <laughs> and, 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 and honestly has even found its way into so many churches. So many churches are, are, are trying to cater to this consumerism. We need to be free before we can free others. In closing, in closing, I want to I wanna give you guys a couple of s small stories that, are, that have truly happened, that are real. A young woman was brutally attacked as she returned to her apartment late one night. She screamed and she yelled as she fought for her life for 30 minutes, being beaten and abused 
38 people were watching this from their windows. And not one called the police. Not one ran outside to help. Not one yelled from their window. Nothing. And this woman died that night. Pig lovers. A 17-year-old was minding his own business on a train when all of a sudden he was brutally attacked and was being stabbed repeatedly in his stomach. There were 11 riders on that train car watching this attack. And none of them did anything. None of them yelled. None of them got up. They, stared, they stayed there and watched. But the worst part about it is, because you know, you know how people be like, oh, what did they stab me, right? Okay. The worst part about it is after the attackers left, the boy was laying there in a puddle of his own blood, and the 11 still did nothing. They did not come to his side. Pig lovers. A lady in New York City while shopping on Fifth Avenue, if you guys have been in New York, you know Fifth Ave is crazy. Don't stop to tie your sneaker. You're going to get, you're going to get knocked over. It's that. It's, the sidewalks are like that. It's like, it's like, it's like herds, herds. But one woman was walking and she was shopping on Fifth Avenue and she fell and broke her leg right there. In pain and shock, she called out for help. Not for two minutes, not for 20 minutes, but for 40 minutes, she screamed and cried for someone to help her. As shoppers, businessmen and women, students, merchants walked all around her, back and forth, walking back and forth, some even stepping over her to keep going, completely ignoring her cries. Literally hundreds of people passed her before a cab driver finally pulled over, put her in, her ca in his cab, and took her to a hospital. Pig lovers. We sit here in disbelief to these stories. We shake our head and we say, that's so sad, I can't believe this. But how many of us are so busy with our own pigs that we step over those, those very same people that we've been called to serve, the very same people that we've been called to minister to. I know these last couple of weeks haven't been so warm and fuzzy because what's, the reality of it is that we've been able to see <laughs> that we've been lacking in some areas, some of us. We've been able to see that Perhaps I have been too comfortable. Perhaps um, I don't want to leave the walls of the fort. Perhaps I'm not ready to love people that are unlovable or touch someone that no one wants to touch. Or These last couple sermons have been titled, Let's Go. Let's Go. We can't sit and wait any longer. It is time to work. It is time to go out. Nathaniel's mission field was Zambia for those two weeks. But church, outside those doors is a mission field. As a matter of fact, 
is the written, that's written on the wall, right? That's written on the wall. You step out. Elvin, what does it say? When you are walking out of the church, you are now entering the mission field. How many of us are so consumed with the material things of, our, of, this, of this life that we fail to see those around us that are helpless, that are hopeless, and that are in need of the power of Christ? Church, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. My, my nephew was, was shouting, let's go, this past week. Every time he wanted, we were like, oh, we're going to go to the pool. Let's go. We're going to go to the lake. Let's go. Like, I mean, it was like he had his own little trademark. I was even telling Camille, I was like, man, I should record him and play the little clip before I start the sermon. But every time I mentioned a new place, the water park, the pool, the lake, let's go, let's go. Like he was super excited. Let's go. Are we as excited <laughs> to go out into the mission field, to go out to, 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 to stand in the gap between the living and the dead? Are we that excited? Or does it seem a burden to us because it's stopping our lives? Because we're putting, we have to put our stuff on hold to help someone else. I'm not here to judge anyone. I'm not here to bring condemnation into your life or anything like that. But, but, I, but we have to ask the hard questions to help us truly reflect. Because if you're having a struggle... If it's a struggle in you to, to put aside your things to help someone in need, then I urge you, I urge you, I urge you, let us pray for you. Let us pray for you this morning. It's time to get in position, church. But before we can position ourselves between the, the dead and the living, we, we need to care more for people than we do for pigs. I want to invite you to the altar. The altar is open. I want to pray with you because some of us are struggling with going out. Perhaps it's fear. Perhaps it's anxiety. Perhaps it's I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. We just want to pray with you. We want to pray with you this morning. And we also want to pray with you this morning if you're struggling to love people the way that God has called us to love people. But pastor, you don't understand. You don't know this guy. <laughs> if you are standing here today and you want to make a difference for the kingdom of heaven, you want to stand in the gap between the dead and the living. You want to reach out and to touch those that are that no one wants to touch or to embrace those that no one wants to be near. If you're saying this morning, I'm ready to go, let's go, then I invite you to the altar this morning because today we're going to pray for the empowerment of the Holy Spirit in your life that will build you up, that will motivate you, that will encourage you, that will give you the words and will lead you 
Let's go.